0: Good morning, on yet another gloomy Friday. I don't know what it is exactly about my show, New York City weather, or what's going on with that, but uh, the the reality is is that no matter what, we get some pretty bad weather when it comes time to do my show. Uh, nothing horrible, nothing like snow. Although I think there is snow in the uh, in the forecast for this weekend. Yeah, I know. That's. Uh, Let's pray that it doesn't go. So I want to welcome everyone to Secrets of the Sire. We are a weekly uh, talk radio show, edition on pop culture, comics, movies, TV, music, and more. Comics especially, that's my background, been a comic creator for past 15 years, worked at. Wizard Entertainment, uh, doing stuff there. Zenoscope, I've written for. I've done stuff for Image Comics, and I've self-published my own comic book called *The Sire*, a critically acclaimed indie that's still going strong, which is where our name comes from. Always nice to kind of give the lay of the land to some folks joining us. We got people calling and or joining us from all over the world, which is awesome. Uh, it's always great. Uh, we are live on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce D O L C E. Like the candy, like the handbag, all that fun stuff. Catch us on Twitter, Periscope at that handle, and you now. And we're now on Blab. So anybody who's looking to uh, catch us on Blab, we're on the Blab beta. Again, Michael underscore Dolce. Check it out. So before we get going, always want to give our love to the sponsors. Audible.com, free audio book download, and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Next week, I'm actually going to offer some really cool, specific audiobooks that you guys can get uh, absolutely free, and all you got to do is click a link and go sign up for a 30-day trial. So really great stuff there. You can catch us at our website, SecretsOfTheSire.com. You can become a sponsor. Just click on the sponsor link at the top, and you get to be on the show. It's very exciting. You get your business named and your business... um, Uh, Or maybe not just business, just you in general. If you want to come on and talk pop culture with me, go to the sponsor page. Check us out on the Facebook page. We've got a lot of great stuff going on there. Again, slash Secrets of the Sire. I think we've done enough self-promoting for the day so far. Okay, so we talked about the movie trailers. We talked about Dark Knight Returns. We talked about everything except the actual movie itself. First I have to give props to the internet. Amazing job not giving away the ending to Batman v Superman, which I will now give away right now. No, I will not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue the tradition of being a spoiler-free review. Um, the ironic part is, though, based on our conversation last week, the movie trailer gave away about 75% of the movie. So anything I do talk about, you will be able to see in the movie trailer. Or at this point, it's a week old, so I think at this point, you can kind of chalk up, um, you could chalk the um, success of the movie, or the lack of success, or whatever the case is. I think a week has passed, uh, it's, it's enough time for at least folks to have seen the movie trailers, I think, at this point. So you know who the major players are, you know Batman, you know Superman, you know they're going to duke it out, a la Dark Knight Returns, you know Lex Luthor's in it, uh, you know that he has a creation And I'll stop right there in case you haven't seen the movie trailer that he unleashes on both Batman and Superman And Wonder Woman joins the show And there's some other guest cameos and appearances that go throughout the movie That's pretty much the spoiler-free I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the lay of land I'm going to talk just around those particular characters, those particular topics And again, I'm going to not give away the ending First things first Got to give a big round of applause to Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, I know. Sam, my engineer, my trusty engineer here every single week with me, um, bringing us live. By the way, would love to hear what you guys think. So if you want to call in live, the hotline is 877-480-4120. Yeah, Ben Affleck, awesome. Got to be honest with you. We had a question last week as to whether or not um, Ben Affleck's casting was a... Was a problem, right? Was it? Was it going to be an issue having Ben Affleck uh, join this this comic book universe? And I got to be honest with you, yes and no. Uh, the yes part is no matter what, he has a famous face. Uh, there was a there was a soundtrack to a movie a few years ago. I uh, don't remember the the movie name off the top of my head. It was kind of like a small indie, and it had Eddie Vedder do the entire soundtrack. And then at the very end, it's not Into the Wild. I know all you uh, uh, you know music buffs are like, oh, it's Into the Wild. It's Into the Wild. No, no, no. He actually did another soundtrack for another movie. And about two months before the movie was supposed to be released, the director said, you know what? At the end of the day, I can't use this. Because no matter what, this entire movie sounds like Eddie Vedder now. And, it, and it's got a specific sound to it. And he said, no matter how beautiful the music was, he's like, I, I can hear it. And I feel like it's, it's going to actually take away from the film rather than add to it. And he regrettably, and he said regrettably, you know, had to pull the soundtrack and and kind of use alternate, you know, alternate music uh, selections in order to to, uh, make that happen. Now, in this particular case, Ben Affleck could have easily, you know, kind of went the same way, right? I mean, it's, this is Ben Affleck, right? This is Reindeer Games and Geely and Daredevil, and I'm naming his horrible movies, but it's a great segue into his better, you know, resurgence that he kind of, you know, has had in the past five to seven years now, where he has transformed himself from a... I don't want to be as harsh to say as a joke of an actor, but he was. He was kind of a... He was a punchline. I'll say the punchline is a much um, nicer way of saying joke. He was a punchline of an actor, and then he transformed himself through a series of directorial debuts and his Oscar-winning movie, Argo, to the point where Ben Affleck is kind of a cool... Actor, director, creator. Now he's kind of he's actually research, you know, uh, reanimated his own career better than I don't want to say better than he's more relevant than Matt Damon. I think right is right now. So the yes into the no. Yes, I was a little hesitant to see him in that role, um, but no, I was willing to give him a chance because he has earned his credibility back, and he delivers. He absolutely delivers in this film. He is Bruce Wayne. He wears the anguish of Bruce Wayne's family getting killed right on his sleeve, and he, and he brings it. He really does. He brings it to the movie. So that's the, that's the first, you know, thumbs up on it. Uh, big thumbs up for Wonder Woman. I thought Gail Godot was pretty awesome as well. Uh, ben Affleck is a good Batman. We do have some Periscope peeps joining us, and I do appreciate Yeah, I agree. I think Ben Affleck is a tremendous tremendous Batman so he did a great job there Um, I'm gonna also say Gail Gadot also pretty damn awesome you know pretty pretty spectacular Um, you know she does a great job of coming on she's in the in the in the promotions for this movie in the promotions for the movie you see her a lot so you kind of think she's gonna have this huge huge role and she does you know I don't want to take away her role And everyone is kind of saying, like, well, you know, she kind of stole the show. And in a way, she does. But I got to give credit to both Zack Snyder for handling it really well. I thought that he handled um, having Wonder Woman in there for the first time. This is her first big screen debut. I mean, that's, in and of itself, is a pretty extraordinary uh, circumstance. And And he handles it really well. He handles Wonder Woman's appearance well. He handles... Her interaction with first Bruce Wayne, before she ever interacts with Batman, before she ever interacts with Superman, you know, she definitely does a great job there. Gotta give props to Amy Adams, too. Terrific Lois Lane, the supporting cast, tremendous, uh, I mean, Morpheus as the Daily Planet uh, leader is always great. Uh, that's That's my shout out to the Matrix, I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, If you're catching us on Periscope, we had a a quick little downtime, but we are now back up on live on Periscope at Michael underscore Dolce. So great for uh, Morpheus. He did a great job. Great for Gal Gadot. She did a great job. Great job, Ben Affleck. You know, Henry Cavill, I could go either way. I actually think he looks the part. Um, I think that if he was given a better script, that also, you know, In either movie, in the Man of Steel movie or in this movie, if he wasn't trying to, like, not be Superman, if he was actually trying to be Superman, it would be really great. Um, That's a debate for another time, obviously. Man of Steel... Very heavily debated because it was so dark and gritty and this guy was, like, wandering around. He was kind of like an angsty... It's kind of like Angel from Buffy. That's a, essentially what he really was in Man of Steel. And he continues to be this, like, somber, like, oh, I'm an alien, I don't belong, but I'm trying to do good. Why don't these people realize I'm trying to do good and help me out? And it's, it's you know, whatever. It, that's, I don't blame Henry Cavill for his performance. I blame uh, how they're trying to portray Superman in this particular um, film. So that's, you know, basically exactly what you know, my take on the characters are and the actors that portray them. I think they all knock it out. I think Jesse Eisenberg is fantastic. I heard some reviews that said he was a little too over the top, that he was a little too, like, eccentric as Lex Luthor. But again, I think the performances, fantastic. Uh, overall, very engaging. I could not take my eyes off the screen from the minute The credits rolled, and I got there a little bit late because I was driving and hit some traffic, but I got in just, you know, but there's like 28 minutes of previews anyway, so who cares? So, really fantastic. We got, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen, so when someone asks me, what do you think of the movie? My first reaction is, it is one of the most beautifully shot, most visceral, most just engaging films, comic book films especially, that I've ever seen add the cherry on top, but this is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman on screen for the first time together ever. I mean, we just got a, a really cool Batman with Christian Bale. We just got a debatably cool Superman in Henry Cavill. And now you can kind of see... I mean, it's just it's just total eye candy. It is one of the best movies from a visual standpoint, from an action standpoint. The action is tremendous. The... Everything about it is just tremendously, visibly gorgeous. Gorgeous. And riveting. And engaging. And I couldn't take my eyes off it. And again, could be my comic book background. Could be, you know, something else. Wonder Woman's theme music playing. There we go. On Periscope. Very true. She was fantastic. She was really great. And please, every Periscope peeps, please chime in as well. Be talking a lot of comments. Uh, Be airing a lot of comments on air. We actually got a lot of comments on our Facebook page and our Twitter page, thanks to all my comic book peeps out there um, who chimed in, because we've got some other questions to go. But the review's not over. So, did I like Batman Superman? Yes. Did I think Batman Superman was a good movie? No. I don't quite think it was. It it was one of those things, I actually was out with my cousin and uh, a good friend of ours, and my friend said... You know, take, it, take it for what it's worth He said it was kind of like watching a hot porno But it was like starring your cousin So it's just no matter what it just wasn't right <laughs> And we both kind of looked at each other and goes That was kind of like a roundabout way of saying it But man that actually is exactly right Like we wanted to be so into this And it was so I mean it, it just had all the groundworks for it But in the end it was just not right It just was not right So why was it not right? Well, when we come back after break, I'm going to break down exactly why I just didn't think Batman vs. Superman was a very good movie. It was visually a great experience, though. And when we return, we'll break down exactly what that means. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. We're on every week this this time, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're broadcasting out of New York City, right around uh, Columbus and Amsterdam Avenue. Really cool stuff. Uh, we definitely appreciate everyone checking us out. We're on Blab for the first time ever. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to uh, get ourselves situated on Blab. Um, but we'll figure out the technology. And it's basically... It's me and my trusty engineer Sam And we, uh, we do what we can But uh, the podcast version of this Is always on iTunes the following Monday And we come up with a new blog every Wednesday We have a lot of participation So I want to give props to our Periscope peeps uh, CC, obviously my wife Who always checks me out on Periscope So that's always a, a wonderful little shout out um, Jose uh, Johansen Link I hope I pronounced that right Coming from Paris So really appreciate you guys joining uh, Jose Castro as well Complimented us on a great show. Said, I talked too close to the mic. Then I realized the mic's not coming through the phone. There's nothing I'm going to be able to do about controlling the sound of my voice. I can't control the sound of my voice. So we're talking Batman Superman and started out the show talking about the good. And the good is Ben Affleck. I think Ben Affleck is fantastic in the movie. Um, I think Gail Godot, fantastic. I think that, you know. Henry Cavill, take it or leave it, was was you know was good in what he's being instructed to do and instructed to play, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I also think that um, Amy Adams is, is tremendous as Lois Lane. She actually, you know, Lois Lane's one of those funny characters, though, right? You just she never had a definitive arch archetype representation. You had the Margot Kidder in the Superman movies. Um, I think the comic book version kind of was all over the place because of the generations uh, and the generational gaps. I mean, it's not like you had strong female uh, characters in the, um, you know, in the 30s. So how could you even kind of really compare the two anyway? Um, but then, you know, as, as time goes on, Lois Lane kind of has morphed into a different character each time. Excuse me. So I think the, the representation of Amy Adams is, you know, she plays a solid, strong character. So I think, I think there's great, uh, you know, greatness in that as well. Overall the movie visually stunning. It is visually stunning. It is one of the best comic book movies from a visual standpoint I've ever seen. And it's awesome. It really is. It's truly groundbreaking. It's the first time Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman on uh, you know on the screen for the first time together plus a couple other cameos. This is a spoiler-free review, so I don't want to give anything away. Props to the internet for not giving away the ending, which was which was cool. Uh, Would have liked to have not seen one of the major villains pop up in the movie trailer. Would have been even better as a surprise. I think that would have actually altered the um, reaction from critics. Uh, Hello to Elder... Boy, some of these user handles. And it's really tiny. I mean, my phone's like really tiny. Like, what am I going to do? J416905 just joined us. Really appreciate you guys chiming in. We're talking Batman, Superman... We're talking the review, a spoiler-free review. I talked about all the good in the first segment. Here's the bad. The bad is, I don't know who's pulling the strings in this movie. I really don't. I think Zack Snyder, visually, again, as a director, tremendous. Tremendous. Someone just said Zack Snyder was fired from WB yesterday in Justice League. We'll get a fact check on that. Maybe he, realized, maybe he saw his own movie and he realized, like, oh, crap, I need to kind of do this on my own instead. Um... It's definitely worth watching. It's definitely worth going to. I definitely recommend going to the movies to see it as well, too. I definitely recommend being in the in, in a room full of people on the big screen with the with the big sound effects. It's really, really. It's a tremendously great film to watch in the movie theaters. But again, who's pulling the strings here? This movie, and we kind of touched upon it last week with the trailer, right? Um, for all those joining us on you now and Periscope. We are broadcasting live on TalkingAlternative.com, so you can actually also check us out there if you want to get the live radio feed. We talked about it last week, there was so much in the movie trailer, and the movie trailer gave away so much, and all the interviews leading up gave away so much. And it's not even just a question of the topic of did it give away too much, we we, we tackled that last week. What that topic also kind of brings to mind now is, are they trying to cram too much into one movie? And the answer is undoubtedly yes. This is seven movies in one. This is like nine Marvel movies spanned out that Marvel did across, you know, a three or four year plan culminating in an Avengers movie. So this is kind of like what we're what we're kind of like reduced to. I I feel like Zack Snyder was like, hey, we should do Batman versus Superman. We should take Dark Knight Returns, which is like the pinnacle of, you know, the pinnacle of, of fandom. For these two characters, and let's do an on-screen representation. Awesome. Hey, we can kind of hint that there's a larger universe. Awesome. But then I think Warner Brothers kind of saw all the money that Marvel is printing on the other side of the water, and they said, you know what? We'd like to print this money, too. Let's make a Justice League movie. Let's make this a Justice League movie. It doesn't have to say Justice League. It doesn't have to be Justice League, but it's going to be Justice League. It's going to be, let's introduce all the Justice League characters, let's lay the foundation, but let's do it all in one movie. Let's take, and again, I'm trying to be as spoiler-free as possible, let's take Dark Knight Returns, which is one of the ultimate storylines that has ever been written as a comic book, and put it into a movie. And then let's take a couple other unbelievable storylines that have happened in the comics and also throw it in there. And let's throw Wonder Woman on there. And let's throw cameos from Aquaman. I know. I'm not trying to give anything away, but there are cameos. Everyone's read about it. There are cameos from different Justice League characters in there. Let's give cameos to the Flash. Let's do a little Easter egg Flash scene that, quite frankly, made no sense during the movie. I had no idea what it meant. I looked at my cousin. He and I are comic book nerds going way back. We have been reading comics for 20, 30 years now. We had no idea what that that little... Thing in the middle of the movie was But we know it's going to probably be explained in Justice League And it's probably going to be explained in Wonder Woman But in the context of a movie When I first started watching You had me You had me at this movie It opens up with Bruce Wayne It opens up with Bruce Wayne in Metropolis When Man of Steel is happening And the big chaotic battle between Zod And Henry Cavill's Superman character you know, again, trying to be a spoiler free, but I gotta lay some groundwork for why this thing captured me. And bat and Bruce Wayne is watching this, and he's saying, I you know, we're human beings now, and, and I'm watching God's battle. And it's like, wow, this is it's pretty freaking deep. This is pretty awesome. Like he's actually touching upon these really deep things that are going on. And Lex Luthor's character kind of also um Yeah, we have someone from Periscope saying possibly a boom, you know, that uh, he's coming back in time to try to warn Batman. Yeah, I mean, he will be. You know, we kind of figured it out, but we don't know what it meant. In the context of the film, though, his little cameo made no sense because, quite frankly, you had me at at this deep look at what it means to be human in a world where now you're not the cream of the crop. It's kind of like the mutant thing with X-Men, but it's not at the same time. I mean, it's, it's a totally different thing. It's like how do you watch someone who has the ultimate power to basically... He could obliterate us. Superman could literally just... He could spin the world back in time, back to pre-evolutionary days, if you believe Richard Donner's cut. He could step on the proverbial, you know... Uh, worm that creates humanity And humanity is destroyed Or he could make sure the dinosaurs don't, ex- you know, don't die out Or whatever the case is Him, mean, He could literally be a god And do whatever he wants And that's what the issue of the movie Was I think what Zack Snyder And what David Goyer were trying to do I think that's what they were trying to do When they wrote this and then I think Warner Brothers came in and said, great, now put all the Justice League characters in, build this really large universe that you're, you know... Whereas Zack Snyder's like, we could hint at a larger universe. They're like, great, hint, shout, shout really loud, and put in a lot of scenes that basically, you know, mean that there's going to be this other universe. Because, quite frankly, that's the only explanation for why there's so many characters in there. I actually don't even mind Wonder Woman. I think she does a great job. Um, I think they laid the groundwork great with her as well, too. But then... What ends up happening, though, is you don't understand, or at least I didn't understand fully, Lex Luthor's motivation. Lex Luthor is supposed to be the bad guy in this. He goes off the rails by the end. Batman goes off the rails by the end. You know, again, I'm trying to be as spoiler-free as possible, so maybe even next week I'll get into more detail as to what I mean. Uh, But you have this, like, great setup uh, for the first, like, hour of the movie. It's really a great movie, the first hour, hour and a half. And the action is great in the next hour and a half, also... But the characters, they just don't add up by the end of the by the end of the movie, and that's kind of where we all kind of lost it. You know, Batman is on a mission to kill Superman. How they end up fighting is kind of comical in a way. It doesn't quite make sense. I mean, I know Luther's pushing people's buttons, and you know, kind of exactly what we said. Exactly what the movie trailer gave away. Lex Luther kind of, you know, Clark Kent meets Bruce Wayne. Ah, I love bringing people together. Okay, you realize Lex Luther is manipulating these people. The manipulation doesn't really fly. And then the reason it doesn't fly also is by it's just how quickly Batman and Superman are fighting and then all of a sudden become friends and they're like hey we lie. wait a minute oh you're my friend and now I have this like deep like loyalty to you whereas I was just trying to kill you because I think you're going to kill us first it just didn't it was a huge setup little little release and that is why at the end of the movie as Lex Luthor quoted in the movie it was a paradox It was an absolute paradox. It was one of the most beautifully, visually stunning films I've ever seen. Uh, One of my big complaints in Zack Snyder's Watchmen was that the mood didn't reflect the music and the soundtrack in here. It was absolutely on point. I almost wish that he had redone Watchmen and just completely redone the soundtrack for Watchmen because everything, all the notes, and I mean literal notes of the music in this movie, hits at the gravity of each scene, and it, it, it enhances the mood, it enhances this feel. So, so many things he did right from a visual standpoint, from a comic book nerd standpoint, and at the same time, from a story standpoint, so many things that just didn't pan out in the end. And again, without giving away the ending, without giving away the the hidden villain, which we've seen in the movie trailer, but I won't name him. Um, you know, that whole segment was almost an excuse just to get Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman fighting something bigger. Which, you know, even that, I don't mind if it makes sense. To this day, I don't know why Lex Luthor unleashes that on them. It just, it it, it didn't quite make sense based on what his earlier motivations in the film were. The earlier motivations in the film were to kill Superman. But in the end, Lex Luthor just seems to want to kill everyone. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, wouldn't he know that this thing would unleash, you know, absolute chaos and terror in Metropolis and Gotham and all his other great places? One other thing a note, too, and we welcome Eric t 72 on the Periscope feed. Um, keep chiming in, Periscope people, even if I don't get a chance to uh, interact directly with you. We are live on TalkingAlternative.com at the moment. I will be, you know, jumping back and forth. Uh, at Faith Delilah just joined us as well, so welcome. And we're on you now as well too, um, so definitely check us out on that as well. And we're on the Blab beta, but that's go- not going as well as we'd hope, but we'll get the technology in. We- we're always, we're, we're very, uh, I don't want to say we're slow to the technology curve, we're just, we're very, oh, cautious, see, yeah, I like that. Yes, we're very cautious. We're, we're, we're always experimenting and we're always trying to get it exactly right. So we touched upon the good and the bad, now let's talk, touch upon the ugly. And the ugly is, what does this movie actually mean for comic book fans? And I mean this in two ways. One, what does it mean for the future of the movies, which I think look bright. I think they'll learn from their mistakes. I think they'll learn from everything they're doing, story-wise. And, and, and I think now that this movie's out of the way, and everyone, you know, they beat us over the head with it. But now we know that Justice League is coming. Maybe they can tell a cohesive story in Justice League that, that kind of makes sense. I'm sure Darkseid will be the villain or some sort of, you know, ethereal threat, some, some sort of, like, you know, big, gigantic threat. So maybe that will be, you know, what it is uh, going forward in Justice League. So that's, that's the one future. But the other future for me is, what, is this, what do these movies actually mean for the comic book fans out there? Because all of your comic books are now being completely relaunched and, in some cases, destroyed. To fit with this new movie timeline. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob K. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because the Rob and Callie show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone. And now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays 8 to 830 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time. So join us. Around the sky shadows paint the corners of my oh man, I got to get that stuff on SoundCloud. There's a band I was in called a g o it was uh it was great it was a great band was in, and we got some great things. Glad my weird porn line worked out for the show. yes, ah, Brian, welcome, good to meet you there. Yes, your weird porn line did work out for the show because it, it actually uh it made sense, it also made us feel very dirty, but it made it made sense. Uh, Welcome back to everyone on Secrets of the Sire. Every week we dish on pop culture, uh, media, anything media, movies, TV, comics. I'm a comic guy by trade, and that's what we're kind of bridging into in the next segment here. So what do these comic book movies actually mean in terms of the comic book stores? And we actually hit uh, both... Our Facebook page, slash Secrets secrets of the Sire, and our Twitter account, which is at Michael underscore Dolce, D-O-L-C-E. That is me, your host. And we basically... I wrote a blog... Because I, I, I've, I've actually kind of talked about this With my comic book retailers uh, We were going to have um, Larry Doherty From Larry's Wonderful World of Comics On the air today But unfortunately he had to postpone So we're going to hopefully have him on next week Because I'd love to hear his perspective He's always got a great opinion on things And uh, he's right in the trenches He owns one of the best comic book stores I've ever been in uh, It's one of the best meeting places and gathering places In Lowell, Massachusetts It's a fun place to go And especially if you're into this stuff It's a great, uh, it's a great experience in general so we were going to have him on the air. Unfortunately, uh, you know, like I said, he couldn't make it. So it is what it is. Um, but one of the topics that we wanted to talk about, though, was does this equal more butts in seats when it comes to comic books and comic book readers? And I think the answer is 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 a flat out no. And for the most part, that's the reaction I got. So Mark Brooks is one of the most talented Marvel artists out there right now. He's done, he's drawn X-Men, he's drawn the Ultimate Universe, he's, uh, he's been on Spider-Man. I mean, he's done every single, um, you know, Marvel book out there. And uh, he answered the question, uh, you know, very, very upfront. He says, it does help, but in a very minor way. Oddly enough, the jump tends to come before the movie comes out and drops off since it hits theaters. A comic can ride a hype wave, once it's gone, the wave goes with it and the book settles back to its earliest regular readers. It's increasing, but it's incremental and very small. So he actually thinks there's an increase in the uh, amount of readers. And, and I think there is too. I, I asked my, my local comic book store, Comic Book Warehouse. They're in Pearl River, New York. So if you're ever in Pro River, New York, go check them out. And I said, you know, do these things make any kind of impact on sales for you? And he says we get, he used Guardians of the Galaxy as an example. We get, I don't know, a couple people come in. They walk in, they ask, do you have anything Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, we do. We give them a trade because it's the easiest thing to kind of get people going. They buy it, they go great, and they never come back. And I think this is the kind of recurring trend. I think it's more so reflected in the comic conventions as well, too. Um, Tony Dunley, a good friend of mine, an artist on Albert Einstein Time Mason, uh, Terrific book. If you haven't checked it out, go on the Kickstarter page. It's really, really awesome. Uh, it's What If Albert Einstein was played by Tom Selleck and was a time-traveling um, Nazi hunter. It's, a, it's amazing. Uh, amazing book. So he says, not that I have seen. I run into a lot more people that tell me they love comic books. And when you ask them what books they buy, they say, oh, I love the movies. And that's, that's just basically what's going on. I sell Many more prints than I do books. I sell many more sketches when I do sketches at shows than I do books these days. I mean, if you go back to 10 years ago when I, when I first released The Sire, I mean, I would bring boxes of books and sell through boxes of books because the people at these comic book conventions were comic book readers that wanted to meet their fan favorite artists. It used to really, really mean something. And I think there was more media around it, though. I think there was when Wizard Magazine was there and when comic book buyer's guide was like, you know, was those two were like the... Big, you know, comic book magazines When print was still, you know, a vital way To, to, to you know, kind of get information across And news across You know, those were It, it, was, a, it was an event to go to comic book conventions Because you'd meet Jim Lee It was an event to go to comic book conventions Because you'd meet J. Scott Campbell Or Michael Turner, uh, you know, rest in peace Michael Turner was an amazing artist But, uh, you know, all these guys that you would You know, you could sell a comic book convention Based on Garth Ennis and John Cassidy and and uh, Mark Millar and Chris Claremont and you could sell an entire comic book convention based on that, and you'd have one or two movie guests. I remember back in two thousand five, we actually had Christopher Nolan. And I don't know if Christian Bale was there. I can't remember if he was, uh, but I know Christopher Nolan was there answering questions about Batman Begins, and he was like the highlight of Wizard World Chicago in two thousand five. There's no question. They obviously build, you know, build the whole show around that, uh, but. The majority of people that were coming to those comic book conventions, remember 2005, I mean, comic book movies, you had your Spider-Man movies, you had the X-Men movies, that's pretty much all you had. You had Blade, you had some other things, you know, that kind of thing. But you also, you don't necessarily have that today. Now you have, I mean, Wizard World as an organization has built their entire conventions around come see the X-Files stars, come see the stars from Arrow, come see the stars from Flesh. There's no more come see Jim Lee. He's kinda there. He could be at one of those shows. Come see the cast from Avengers. Stanley, Stanley is still an he's an icon, so he kinda falls into that category. He's also on his last run but we say that every year. And he's still going. And I actually applaud him for 92 years old. And he's still like, kind of making his rounds around. Awesome. Like, just in general, that's just an awesome thing. We're broadcasting live on talkingalternative.com every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. It goes to podcast uh, every Monday on iTunes. You can just search Secrets of the Sire, S I R E. Getting back to it, though. I don't, st- I don't think it, it equals success. Like, I just don't think it equals comic book success. Uh, when all is said and done, I had some great uh, tweets. The illustrious Q on Twitter, you know, he uh, he actually agreed, but he wanted to point out that two problems are not mutually exclusive. First, films create expectations in the minds of the movie audience for the comics. Comics don't match the experience. Thus, it could be argued that the books are garbage, regardless of how good they are for the movie audience. It's true. I think it's a great point. So we thank you for chiming in on the Twitter page at Michael underscore Dolce. That's one of the things, too. We're living in a media right now. I'm being live-streamed on three separate websites as we speak right now. I'm being broadcast on internet radio. I'm going to have this all on my YouTube page. I have the Facebook page. I have the Twitter page. I mean, I, you know, whatever page. I'm going to have to get on Snapchat soon. I'm going to have to do Facebook. I mean, whatever the case is. But the reason I bring this up is that we, are, we have so much media. We have so much virtual media. We have so much interactive media this is why print is dead. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. Print is dying. We know this. Um, but the comic book experience, you know, I was trying to put myself in my shoes when I was 12 years old. When I was 12 years old, The highlight of my week every Wednesday would be my dad would drive me to the comic book store. Dad, 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 can we go to the comic book store? Because you would have this experience of reading these books. And I mean, I remember waiting for X-Force number seven to come out, just waiting. And when Cannonball got stabbed through the heart by Sauron, like, what? You killed Cannonball? That's crazy. I have to wait 30 days. First of all, you have to wait 30 days. You can't read about it on 18 different websites. You can't tune into a radio show to to see people, de- you know, debating, is he dead or is he not dead? I mean, you basically are just on pins and needles waiting for this experience. The artwork is so bright and colorful. I mean, you're, you're talking about using, like, PCs and Macs back in, you know, 94. I mean, this you know, you just don't have this visceral media. Print is everything. Comic books are, like, I think, the pinnacle of print media back then in terms of, I don't know, related to what we kind of, are used to today. So yeah, absolutely, I don't think the experience is is the same anymore. Um, because we, you know, even me, when I go to my comic book store, I mean, I used to buy like, I don't know, 20, 25 comics and used to read through them a day, two days. I mean, it, it wouldn't take me long. I mean, I was 12 years old. It was great or 14 years old, whatever the case was. Um, I, Periscope Peep just asked an awesome question, but I can't answer because we did a spoiler-free review. So in a couple weeks, I'll let you know Um, okay, the answer is no to the Periscope peep, but, uh, we'll talk about that question in a few weeks. Um, no, when you're 12 years old, I mean, this is all you have, this is great. So, to the comic book movie goer, I guess for lack of a better term, to go into a comic book store and then get the same experience, there's no way you, there's no way you can get the same experience. We talked in the first segment about how amazing the visual experience of this Batman versus Superman movie was. The visual experience, I mean, it is unbelievable. Real, this is your favorite heroes, not looking cheesy. That Batman suit is awesome. Like, awesome. I mean, it it was the most amazing thing. My cousin was sitting next to me and he just blurts out, that is a badass suit. And I'm like thinking to myself, that's exactly what, I I mean, I was simultaneously thinking the exact same thing at the exact same time. And I'm just, I mean, I'm floored by that. I, I, I mean, everyone looks amazing. Superman looks amazing every time he flies. You know, the tagline from the 1978 movie, you will believe a man can fly. No, you, you don't have to believe anything. He flies. That's it. You just think he flies. I mean, this is like as realistic as you're ever going to get. Well, maybe maybe more so when we do virtual reality and 3D and all that other stuff. But, I mean, it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. So, no, I don't think the comic book experience for some of these movie fans is going to match. And it's true. They might go and they might read and then they might walk out. For me, the comic book experience was always different. It was about the art, uh, the line work... Uh, the storytelling, the characters, uh, the cliffhanger after every issue to make me want to come back more, the deep you know mythology and history uh, referencing earlier things, but this is you know that's that in and of itself is kind of a dying experience because you know back before you had internet and social media and all this other stuff, you had a lot more time to think. you had a lot more time to ponder. You also knew you weren 't going to ever see Batman versus Superman, and if you did, it was an ama- amazing event. Now you have fan videos that are being shot that have Batman versus Superman, Batman versus Spider-Man, Punisher versus Spider-Man, Punisher versus Superman. I mean, you can go on. There's there's just there's just too many options uh, out there to kind of satiate it. So, I think that's a big a big problem as well too. Um, we also had uh, Joel Elad who just took over a position at IDW. We've had how many Spider-Man movies since the early 2000s? What's the monthly sales on a regular Spider-Man book when Spidey 1 came out versus today? That's your answer to do the movies, bring in comic book fans. The best time I saw a movie bring in crowds on a noticeable move the needle effort was the 1989 Batman. Those movies are exploding the life, uh, exploring the life of the characters, not necessarily monthly floppy print comic books. Like Mark Brooks said, there are small jumps, but it stabilizes back. Great point in the 1989. And welcome to all the Periscope peeps. We are live on TalkingAlternative.com. Uh, talking Batman versus Superman and the effect that it has on the comic book industry. Joel, Joel's point though was spot on in that 1989 movie. Yes, the 1989 movie would give you a would give a jump and a bump to the comic book sales. Why? Because exactly what we just talked about. There's just less media. There's just less movies out there. It was a first of its kind. Maybe not the first of its kind. You had Superman in '78 and '82, but that franchise, you know, slowly, you know, bit the dust. By 1987 and the god-awful Superman 4. So there's no question about it. By 1989, you have Tim Burton's Batman. He's bringing another character you've never seen before on the screen. Aside from Adam West's cheesy, campy version in the 60s. Of course it's going to inspire people to want to go to comic book stores. Because that's the only way they're going to get their fix after the movie's over. Now, I, I see Batman versus Superman versus Wonder Woman versus unnamed villain that was seen in the movie trailer. I just don't want to give anything away for people that blacked out the movie trailer. This moratorium is going to be lifted next week, though. Sam, uh, Sam's my barometer, my engineer. The, the day he sees the Batman Superman movie, he hasn't seen it yet. The day he sees it, I will, I will, uh, you know, lift the spoiler-free, you know, mantra from this. So we're trying to see this, but now Omar Morales actually gave uh, uh, an interesting point of view as well, too. That he he says they're trying. For example, I got a free digital download of a Bats Soups book from DC with the purchase of my IMAX ticket. And that's awesome. See, digital comics, and that's why we really we're we're almost kind of tabling that part of the discussion, because I'd like to see uh, Larry Doherty from Larry's World of Comics, you know, kinda talk about the digital experience versus the the print experience because it's it's actually it's a real issue that could threaten, you know, his very livelihood and threaten the comic book stores in general. All right, when we return, we're gonna shift gears just slightly. We're gonna break down our March Madness Final Four. We had our last movie our last movie franchise, the X-Men franchises. We reveal the winner of that franchise, and then I'm gonna debate between the winners as to what was the best franchise film. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. talkingalternative.com Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. Brought to you exclusively on TalkingAlternative.com. We're here every Friday. I want to thank the numerous Periscope peeps that have uh, jumped on throughout the day. We had Jersey Jedi. We had Johansson Link. We had Jose Castro. We had At Faith something something something. We had my wife, CC17 something something something. I just I just have terrible vision, and it's a very small screen. But we thank you for joining us and chiming in. Um, we've had Periscope people ask us questions. Uh, one asked a very specific plot point question, which I won't answer. I did say the answer was no, but I won't say what the question was um, because I don't want to spoil it for anybody that it still hasn't seen. It's only a week old. Uh, Todd Sliss actually chimed in and asked, what do you define as successful? Um, because I said that Batman versus Superman was a huge success, and it was. It was a box office success. $170 million, I think, in the opening weekend. Uh, broke Easter sales records. Uh, Warner Brothers did a great job of, you know, basically you know tracking this and and making it, um, you know, making it great. Now, there is some Periscope person actually chimed in and said Bat- uh, Zack Snyder got fired from uh, Justice League. However, I am looking and looking and looking, and it's basically fans' petition for Zack Snyder to be fired. Do you think Zack Snyder should be fired? I don't even check the news section. Look, if it's not on the news section of Google, it's not there. Yeah, fans petition to have Snyder removed. Um, yeah, just tons of tons of that when you look through. So no, um, you know, always got a fact check. I don't. I, I don't see why they would fire him either. I mean, look, it was a visually stunning movie. It did monster sales. So that was to answer Todd Sliss's question. It did monster sales. Why would you? Why would you be fired? It Makes no sense. He seems to be enjoying himself. He seems to really have carved out that niche as the go-to DC, DC comic book guy, uh, comic book movie guy, so no complaints there, really. Um, hopefully, now that we've got this one, you know, prelude movie out of the way, we can actually kind of move forward with a Justice League movie with a with a plot that makes 100% sense. All right, so we've been running a March Madness bracket all through March. It's April 1st, April Fools. Ha-ha. Ooh, maybe that was the April Fools. Zack Snyder fired April Fools. Ha-ha-ha-ha. We're all, we're all very, very... Very hilarious. That was very hilarious, you, you Twitter people and you, you Periscope people. You got me. I've been fooled. That's my April Fool's voice, too. It's, um, it's not very good. So we've been doing this comic book movie, March Madness, Final Four franchise bracket. And then I realized that in order to really do this, we'd be going through weeks and weeks and weeks. So we're going to wrap it up today. And first, we're going to tell you who the winners of the brackets were to come up before us. We had the Spider-Man bracket. Um, actually the very first bracket was the Batman bracket, which I thought was actually the most hotly contested one. Um, but the Dark Knight 2008 was the film that reigned supreme. So Batman, Dark Knight, the fans think that is the best Batman movie in the franchise to date. Now again, we did this before Superman versus, uh, Batman versus Superman because, and we also did this before X-Men Apocalypse. We have all these other films. So we had Periscope <clears throat> user ask, what film am I looking forward to Next. Um, I'm looking forward to X Men Apocalypse. I'm looking forward to Civil War equally. I want to see how these, to these uh, how these two films do. So, that was the winner of the Batman bracket was Dark Knight 2008. Superman bracket, that was also that was actually a controversial winner. I was I was shocked, but the fans voted Man of Steel as the best Superman movie. And a lot of people say because the the special effects in the early movies don't hold up. Sure, look 1978 versus 2013. Somebody said it the other day It's a 40 year difference Almost 35 year difference That's crazy First of all um, it's a, I mean it's, it's It's a long time Special effects get better But If you just watch Batman versus Superman Special effects does not a movie make Okay It does not a good movie make So I was a little surprised at that But hey That's why we have fan voting in the Spider-Man brackets, the original Spider-Man 1, which, again, not who I would have gone with. I would have gone with, have gone with Superman 2 as the best Superman movie. And I would have gone with Spider-Man 2 as the best uh, Spider-Man movie. And I might have even put that as the best, spider, as the best franchise film ever made. Because I think Spider-Man 2 has it all. I think it, I, I think it visibly shows that it learned from some of the areas that it was kind of a little off in the first one. It delivers a kind of like a more wise-cracking Tobey Maguire. It has Doc Ock. The special effects back in 2000... I think it was like 2004... Or, no, 2002, actually. Eh, whatever. It's one of those. I'll, I'll look it up. But yeah. unbelievable for the time. Doc Ock was an amazing creation. Um, amazing everything. But people liked the original Spider-Man best. I'm not going to knock it. I think it's also an equally good movie. I just never liked the fact that he would... Um, uh, The the Mary Jane character just was always a little off. Oh, Peter Parker. Oh, Peter Parker. Oh, Peter Parker. You're such a... uh, Count how many times she says Peter Parker together. Not just Peter or Parker. I mean, like, together. Peter Parker. And you will get drunk. If you do a drinking game to that, you will get drunk. Um, Hey, if you're in college and you're listening to my show and you're over 21, we only condone over 21 drinking here, um, then, yes, play that as a drinking game. You will get drunk because she just says it over and over and over again. But hey, like I said, the fans vote. And then in our last bracket, we had the X-Men region. And this one's, this one's kind of cool, actually, because, again, I think I would have went with X2, but the majority said X-Men First Class. X-Men First Class actually does a really nice job of picking up the pieces where Brett Ratner kind of flew off the rails. So I think in that regard, I think that it's, it's a resurgence, it's a reinvention of the franchise. It's also one of the only non-Brian Singer movies in the X-Men franchise. The other one being the Brett Ratner. This one being, um, you know, Matthew Vaughn. Very curious that that's the favorite uh, for the fans. Uh, at least in our informal poll. The first X-Men, no one voted for. Days of Futures Pass came in second. Uh, Days of Futures Pass, welcome Raja Nightingale. to the the broadcast, TalkingAlternative.com every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Days of Future's Past was a good movie. Very good movie, actually. I can't can't knock Days of Future's Past. I think Days of Future's Past um, is very cool, but I think it also brings the glut of superhero movies in the forefront. If they had done a Days of Future's Past movie, I don't know, 10 years ago, five years ago, I think I would have been... More excited because it would have been more connected to the comic books. But we've had so many now comic book movies going through now. I mean, n- once Marvel did it right, you, it, it's like the NFL. You know, once one team wins the Super Bowl, all the other teams now try to build their their franchises to match what that team did to make it to the Super Bowl. Like a few years ago, it was like, well, we need to have this, like, all-star quarterback. And then Seattle wins. You know, Seattle crushes Peyton Manning in the, in the Super Bowl. It's like, well, we need defense now. We need defense. Um, ironically enough, now Peyton Manning wins the Super Bowl because his defense is so good. There's, there's no way to really do it, but there's definitely a way to overdo it. And we were talking about that with Batman, Superman, and I think the X Men franchises could very well go that way. I think the Deadpool franchise could could very well fall into that into that category. Now that it's a big hit, is Fox going to meddle with it? Is Fox going to say we need more, we need bigger? Is 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 the directors is, is Tim Story going to be like, well? You know, I'm not, I'm not making the movie I want to make now because now there's all this added. I don't want to say pressure because it's not pressure from the fans. Fans have responded to what he did. Fans responded to Ryan Reynolds. It's pressure from the studios now, and that was the big problem with Batman versus Superman. How much did the studio have to say about what went into this film? And if the and if the answer is a lot, then it's too bad because they had a shot. And you can't do this anymore now, too. This, this is the thing that really bothers me. It bothered me about Watchmen now, too. Watchmen's the greatest comic book ever made. Greatest graphic novel ever, ever made. Start to finish, you can give that to anybody who's into comics, not into comics. They will read it, and they will think it's amazing. It just is. It just is. No arguments. No fan poll on that one. We can't do another Watchmen movie. I mean, I guess you never say never, maybe 30 years from now. But no, there's never going to be another Watchmen movie. There's never going to really be another shot at doing a Batman Dark Knight Returns now, is there? Because they basically plucked the best, not the best part, because that, that whole series was amazing. Um, you know, the entire four issues was amazing. But they basically plucked the coolest visual um, that, that, that we have in these movies. Uh, sorry, in this book. And they've made it now in the movies. And it's like, uh, you know, how are you going to repeat yourself? You have Ben Affleck in the bat suit. You're not going to be able to do it now. So you basically kind of squandered the opportunity to do Dark Knight Returns by making this Dark Knight Returns plus Superman plus uh, Justice League plus you know some other stuff that I'm not going to mention. So you, you pretty much have ruined everything. Hello to the new Periscope peeps. We are almost signing off, though, guys. Tune in 11 a.m. Eastern every week, TalkingAlternative.com, and you'll be able to join the conversation. Um, you can always call in as well, too. We have a, a live call-in number, and that number is... 877-480-4120. So definitely welcome all the uh, people that chimed in. I'm going to say out of the four franchises that we limited it to, or we eliminated to in the final four, in the spirit of the final four, you have Dark Knight, you have the original Spider-Man, you have Man of Steel, and then you have X-Men First Class. I think the two weakest out of that, out of that group to me is X-Men First Class and Man of Steel. And we can debate next week on the show. Love to hear your thoughts on it. I'll do a little blog post this week and we'll talk about it. But my ultimate gut feeling is you have Dark Knight taking on the original Spider-Man. And that's actually a tougher matchup than you think. It's actually tougher to see which film is better. And I'll say only because they're so different. Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man movie, first of all, is a breath of fresh air back into you know, back when it was first released. In 2002 I want to say 2002 I might be off on the dates but whatever that's a big that's a a breath of fresh air it's a cheery movie it's a positive it's uplifting it's got all the you know the archetypes from Spider-Man universe in it at the same time the Dark Knight has just I mean it has Heath Ledger as the Joker it has I don't know a Batman movie the way you want to see a Batman movie Batman Begins as, as I've kind of said before is just a is a Batman movie in disguise Director was kind of like afraid to make. Not, a, I don't say he was afraid, but it, you know, based on how comic movies had been received up to that point, I think his, his, he kind of backed into a superhero movie. So, coming between Dark Knight and Spider Man, tune in next week. I'll let you know what I think is the best out of the two. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. Someone Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Talking.